Uncommon Commons is a horror anthology podcast written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale. Content warnings can be found in the episode description. Stay tuned till the end for information about the Uncommon Commons Patreon. Today's story is Plastic, written by George Plank. Whoa, impressive setup, John. You even placed the silverware in the right order. This is a lot of table settings for two people, though. Well, don't be silly, Jane. We've got company coming. Company that requires oyster forks? Well, yes, but that's an olive fork. I haven't set the oyster forks yet. I knew that. I was just testing you. Okay, hotshot. Pop quiz. What's this? Jane, that's the tablecloth. Aw, way to go, buddy. I knew you could do it. Ugh. Ugh? Ugh? John, that's my line. Is everything all right? No. (sighs) If you must know, I got this postcard in the mail today. Let me see that. Set the table we're coming for a visit from your family, A.G.? So you can imagine the stress I'm under. I wasn't expecting my family to drop by. I didn't even know you had a family. Everyone has a family, Jane. I don't. What? I just popped out fully formed. Why haven't you ever mentioned your family before? Well, there's my uncle, uh... Um... Hmm. Well, there's my grandma... Uh, on my, um, some side, I'm sure, uh, probably. Uh, what's, what's with all the questions? I still haven't taken my quiche out of the oven. Of course you would make a quiche. Wait, why is your story under all of the plates? Would you believe there wasn't a single placemat in this place? Ooh, that's gonna cost you some points with the judges. Start again. Jane! Ah, guess I better take care of this first. All right, Les said to no one in particular. He eyed Seymour's headstone up and down before placing both hands firmly on either side and yanking it up out of the ground. Small pieces of grass and dirt fell free from the wooden stakes holding Mr. Butt's grave in place and onto a pair of bright yellow sneakers. The switch from October to November always hit Les the hardest when he finally had to put away all the spooky things that cluttered his yard. He heard the sound of shifting metal coming from a few houses down. He glanced over at his neighbor, who was now standing on the top rung of his stepladder, trying to hang Christmas lights. Les tossed the matted gray piece of styrofoam into a large plastic tote with approximately a metric ton of fake cobwebs before walking over. Hey there, Paul. Hi, Les. Finally bringing in the Halloween decorations, eh? Neighbor, it is November 2nd. Paul shrugged, almost losing his center of balance and yanking down several yards of lights in the process. Still. Uh Uh-huh. Well, I really should finish up here soon. I have to run by the bank and get something notarized. Uh Uh-huh. That's great, Les. Paul turned his focus back to his lights, and Les wasn't going to vie for his attention more than he had to. He tilted his head and tried to remember why he came over to talk to Paul in the first place. There was something he wanted to say. Oh, well. 
In the end, he shrugged it off and walked back to his home. The plastic tote with what few Halloween decorations he had left was placed back into the garage, and the door closed with a click, click, click. Bank chairs are never as uncomfortable as they look. That's not to say they're all that comfortable, either. They are a mix of old wood and cushions that were upholstered by someone who had once heard someone say the word pillow. Uh, Mr. Stone? The receptionist called from their window. Les rose to his feet and walked over to the next available office. Please have a seat, Mr. Stone, he said. Uh, actually, it's Wyatt now. Beg your pardon? Uh, my name? Uh, <clears throat> Les cleared his throat, trying his best to feign confidence. It's Les Wyatt? My apologies, Mr. Wyatt. What brings you in today? I, uh, I need this notarized. Okay, let me take a look at this. Uh, did you bring your ID with you? Oh, uh, yeah. Les fished around in his pockets before producing his wallet and his driver's license. Thank you. The notary eyed the printed name and the listed name on his driver's license. I'd recommend you go to the DMV at some point to... Already scheduled, Les said abruptly with a twinge of guilt at having cut him off. He was just doing his job. Mm-hmm. He looked back at the paper. All right, sign here. Les pulled a pen out of his front shirt pocket and signed on the line. He took the forms back and made a few notes that were incomprehensible to Les before producing his stamp. Click. And that was that. He returned the paper to Les, and Les tucked it into a manila envelope that he had pre-addressed this morning. Thank you very much. Les stood and left the office. The notary might have said something similar to, You're welcome, or have a nice day, or even, I'm so sorry. But Les didn't hear any of that. He only heard the sound of his shoes hitting the tile floor of the bank, and then shoes on asphalt, and then finally the sound of his car door opening. Les, never one to show too much emotion, drove towards home silently. What was left? Drive by the post office, wait a week or two, and then that's that. And then that's that. Decisively, Les pulled off the highway and into the nearest shopping center he could find. The last thing he needed was the responsibility of being behind the wheel of a large automobile. He crossed his arms over the steering wheel and plunged his head into them with such force that he was worried his car horn was going to go off. A distraction. That's what he needed right now, a distraction. Les's head shot up and he scanned the storefronts available to him. A grocery store? If he didn't already have more than double the food he would need for the upcoming week at home, then that would have been a great option. A 24-hour gym? He already had a membership to a different gym he never went to. Maybe another time. Hector Specter. Les read the sign again. Hector Specter. A decent-sized Halloween store on the end of the shopping block. The sign was a collage of reds, oranges, and blacks, with an image of a smiling man, Les assumed to be Hector, giving a skeletal thumbs up. On the front of the door was a sign that read, End of Season Sale. Everything must go. Les had never heard of Hector Specter before. Sure, Halloween stores were known to pop up now and again in closed or abandoned buildings, but there was a much larger chain that did those sorts of things. With his curiosity piqued, Les unfastened his seatbelt and headed inside. Loud, somewhat alternative music blared down from the speaker system inside. It was very upbeat and it sounded familiar, but Les couldn't quite put his finger on when, or even if, he had ever heard it before. Employees, employees wearing orange aprons were moving the last bits of remaining inventory towards the front of the store. 
with the back third being used as additional storage. Uh, hi there, well, hi there, welcome to Hector Spectres. Let me know if you have any questions. An employee said as they moved merchandise back to the front. Les had a million questions, but instead of asking, how long has this been here, or are there others like this one? He simply waved and said, thank you. It's usually typical of places like this to be nearly emptied out after the holiday. Other places will move all their big-ticket items into storage until next year. Hector Spectre seemed to be completely stocked, with employees bringing out more inventory all the time. Nothing seemed to grab his attention right away. All of the animatronics, even with a considerable price cut, were still out of his price range, and he had no use for Shamrock brand Witcher pumpkin masks. Les turned around ready to abandon all hope at finding anything for him in the store. Then, in the front corner of the store, tucked away to the side of the entrance door, he saw them. The pair were hung up on the same hook in the wall, and the way they dangled made it look like they were standing upright and looking right at him. A sign above them read, Buy one, get one free. He approached the two plastic skeletons and gave them a once-over. They appeared to be a decent size and had a comparable build to the ones he could find at the big box stores. Their price tags were affixed to their sternum, and with a price that low, he grabbed both of them and held them defensively under his arms. He looked around. Despite there being no other customers in the store, he still gripped them tightly under his arms until he got up to the front counter. Wait a minute, he thought. Do I really need two plastic skeletons? I barely have enough room for one skeleton in my shed. Les looked into the vacant slots where the eyes would have been. He was met with the inky, painted-on void as the skeleton looked back with a slack-jawed expression. Uh, just a second! One of the clerks yelled from across the store when they saw Les up by the front. They dropped the large box they had been carrying from the back and ran up to the counter. Uh, find everything all right? Yeah. I gotta ask. Ask away. The sign for these said, buy one, get one free. Could I just get one for 50% off? The employees sucked their teeth for a moment before once again meeting Les's gaze. Uh, sorry, these two are something of a package deal. If you want one, you gotta get the other. Th that's all right. Les was worried he had somehow offended them. Can't hurt a guy for trying. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an account with us? I didn't even know this store existed until today. You would not believe how often we get that. All right. Altogether comes out to... Les pulled out his card and tapped it on the register. Would you like a bag? No, thanks. I'll carry them out. All right. Have a nice day. And remember, every day is Halloween at Hector Spectre. Les loaded the two skeletons into the backseat of his car and drove home. With every twist and turn in the road, the skeletons would fling themselves to one side of the car or another. Sometimes their bodies would face forward, and Les would stare back at them through the car's rearview mirror. Les pulled into his driveway and grabbed one of the skeletons. He looked the other one up and down. Am I one of those people who has a plastic skeleton in their car? He shrugged and walked with the other one under his arm as he fiddled with the key ring, trying to find the one that went to the garage. He popped the skeleton down on top of the tote that had his other Halloween decorations. It felt weird to leave it there. By design, the plastic approximation of anatomy in front of him appeared very human. It lay on its back, staring blankly at the ceiling. Its arm, held tight in the joint by its well-placed bolts and screws, was raised directly towards the ceiling. Les turned and started walking towards the door. He heard the sound of plastic on plastic as gravity started to do its thing. 
The arms started to dip lower and lower, and the head of the skeleton started to turn to the side. Les's eyes met the vacant spaces of the skeleton. Neither of them moved for a few seconds before Les's eyes grew wide and he ran out of the room. God damn it, damn it. He checked his phone. He still had time. He hopped in his car and tore down the street. He had just enough time to make it to the post office before they closed. You're better than this, Les. You're not that forgetful. You're just... Ugh. Les felt sick to his stomach. This was important. How could he forget? This is how he got into this mess in the first place. If he wasn't so forgetful, then maybe Ben would still... No. This wasn't the time. Les needed to move on. He took a sharp turn. In all the excitement, he had almost forgotten about the unfastened skeleton in the back seat. The skeleton hit the side of the car hard, and it made Les jump in surprise. He looked back to see the skeleton bent in half and staring back through his legs. Les turned his attention to the road, chuckling a little at the sight in his rearview mirror. Uh, sorry, buddy. I guess I'm just in a bit of a rush. He pulled into the parking lot of the post office and ran inside, then immediately ran back out when he realized he forgot the envelope in his car. The whole process felt like it went by too quickly. A few dollars for shipping, a couple stamps, and it's off. He left the post office and his body felt incredibly stiff. What if it got lost in transit? What if it's delivered to the wrong person? Did I put the right files inside? Was there anything in the envelope that shouldn't be there? Les climbed into his car and again rested his head against the wheel. He took a deep breath and let it out slowly. I'm probably worrying about nothing, he thought. He straightened himself up and adjusted his mirrors. Looking back at him was the skeleton, still in the same ridiculous position as before. Les chuckled to himself a little bit and moved to the back door of the car. He wrestled the skeleton free from the back seat and started manipulating the limbs into a position that might be accomplished by someone who wasn't a contortionist. Imagine if someone was to walk by right now. What would they think about all this? He sat the skeleton upright and reached across, pulling the seat belt over and down, strapping the skeleton in. There you go. Now stay put, okay? Les said, pointing his finger in a mock scolding motion at the skeleton. The skeleton said nothing in response. It just looked on ahead. But those rows of teeth almost looked like a grim smile. Les smiled back before he made the drive home. Honey, I'm home, Les said to an empty house. He sat down on the couch and started a show he really didn't care about. He slumped further and further down the couch, pausing only once to heat up a microwave meal, and then immediately returned to the TV. He went to bed later than he would have liked. Even once he was in bed, he just stared mindlessly at his phone for another hour or so, before deciding to try and sleep. Five minutes later, he was out of bed again, checking to make sure the door was locked. It was. He hated how his mind would play tricks on him. Even as he lay in bed again, his thoughts persisted. Was it really locked? Are you sure? Don't you want to check again? He did. But he also knew for a fact that he had already checked. He heard some noises coming from outside. His mind raced with wild and horrifying possibilities for what they could be. He knew that a couple of stray cats liked to sleep on and around the grass in his backyard. Sometimes in the summer, they would even try to climb onto his shed for a little extra heat. Sure enough, a few seconds after some of the shuffling noises ceased, he heard the feral cry of an outdoor cat. Old houses settle, he thought to himself. You hear a lot of these noises when you live alone. Alone. That word bounced around his head until he was finally too exhausted to keep his eyes open any longer, 
and drifted off to sleep. Les was awakened by the sound of the ten-ton city vehicle shifting things around outside. What could they possibly be doing at this hour? Les asked himself, before leaping out of bed, throwing on some slippers and racing to the front door. Garbage day! With everything that happened yesterday, Les completely forgot to put the cans out on the curb. He grabbed the overflowing bag from the kitchen and raced out the door, completely passing the two skeletons sitting on the couch. He just barely managed to take the can to the curb before the waste management professional gave him a pitying look and emptied it into the truck. A great way to start the morning. Les went back inside and closed the door behind him. When he turned around, he was greeted by both skeletons staring at him from their seated position in front of the TV. I thought I... Les looked out the window to the back seat of his car. Surely enough, it was empty. Oh, great. I did it again. Les had probably intended to put the skeletons away somewhere, but he had just left them on the couch. The perfect addition to the loose pieces of mail in the doom boxes scattered around his living room. Well, I'm going to make some coffee. Do you guys want anything? The pair said nothing. They just stared. Suit yourself. He turned on the stove and put some water in his tea kettle. He rinsed out his favorite mug and prepped it with two sweeteners and a scoop of instant coffee mix. He halved a bagel and popped it in the toaster before he excused himself to the bathroom. The label on the bottle said two pills a day with meals, but the fact that he still had two-thirds of the bottle and the refill date was fast approaching showed him how often he forgot the thing that would supposedly help him remember. He swallowed two pills dry and then he examined himself in the mirror. Dark circles were now forming under his eyes and he could feel every night of missed sleep with how deep they were beginning to sink into his face. It had been a few days since he last shaved, but right now his stubble was at a place that he liked. Too smooth, and he felt too exposed. Too grown out, and he felt too hidden. The kettle whistled from the next room over. He liked making hot drinks with a kettle, as it was one of the few things that came with a built-in alarm. He never worried about leaving the stove on all day, because surely he would hear the whistling. He poured in the hot water and went to the fridge to look for his carton of soy milk. It wasn't on any of the usual shelves. He moved a few things around before he realized what happened. The look of disappointment on his face was justified when he opened the freezer and found the carton with a trace amount of frost on the outside. Looks like he would just have to do without today. He moved the carton back to the fridge. The toaster popped and he grabbed a plate from the cabinet. He carried his meager breakfast back to the dining room table and took a seat across from the two skeletons. That's right, I was on the couch last night. I must have moved the skeletons to the table when I watched that show. Les took a bite of his bagel. He'll have to remember to get some cream cheese or something to go on them at some point today. He looked up in between bites at the skeletons staring back at him. (laughs) You sure you don't want some? He laughed. Didn't think so. So, what did you think of the show last night? Now, I wouldn't... Now, I wouldn't say all that... I thought she did a lovely job. The script just wasn't the best. Well, because one of my co-workers recommended it to me. Though, if I'm being honest, I don't think I'll remember enough to be able to talk about it. The skeletons just stared back. But to Les, their expression appeared to be far more sympathetic. I mean, it wasn't all that eventful. I mean, how do they expect us to watch a show where nothing happens for the first three episodes? They couldn't lose the plot. They didn't have any plot to begin with. <laughs> For a moment, Les felt good to be talking to some... thing... again. But then memories of Ben came flooding back. Is this what it's come to? 
The divorce is finalized, and I'm left talking to a couple of plastic skeletons. Les closed his eyes, and he could feel tears starting to well up in the corners. Suddenly, he felt something cold and firm hit the back of his hand. He opened his eyes to see one of the skeletal hands that had been positioned on the skeleton's shoulder had fallen onto his. Les wiped away his tears. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I appreciate the support. He laughed to himself for a moment and then stood up. The skeletal hand fell onto the wood table with a light thud. Les drove to work that day with his eyes on the road, but his mind was elsewhere. That was odd. I thought for sure they were on the couch. No, not even that. I thought I put one of them away. Just gotta stick to the regiment. It was getting this bad that I can't remember where I left a couple of plastic skeletons, and maybe Ben was right. That jerk. That evening, when he arrived home, the skeletons were still sitting at the dining room table. Oh good, right where I left you. He turned on the TV and started browsing the different options. His phone started buzzing. At a quick glance, he could see that it was his mother. He pretended to ignore it. What are we feeling like tonight, guys? Same thing? Yeah, same thing sounds good. A couple days later, Les found himself deep in the clothing section of his local thrift store. Any size would do, honestly. It'll all just hang off of them anyway. If they're going to continue to sit around the dining room table, they should at least have some clothes to wear. They just look so cold with nothing on. He found a few things that he thought worked for them. A simple button-up with some khakis for one, and a petite dress for the other. He brought the outfits up to the front. Hi! Uh, hi. Oh, these are cute. Are you buying this dress for your girlfriend? Uh, no. It took a bit of maneuvering, but eventually he got the two of them dressed. They looked like completely new people. Well, Carl, what do you think? I know it's a bit big. Yeah, I think I can find a belt for you to use. What do you think, Mary? Oh, I'm glad you like it. It really does seem to suit you. Les didn't know why he chose those names. Those were just the names that popped into his mind when he started talking to them. But looking at them now, they really seemed to fit. They weren't just plastic skeletons anymore. Now they seemed to have a personality and attitude all their own. He ended up talking to them for a good portion of the evening. They said nothing back, but that didn't matter to Les. He went to bed, and for a moment he felt like there was someone else in the house. The shifting and clicking noises they heard that night didn't even bother him. A few weeks later, as he pulled into his driveway, he saw a package on his front porch. He'd been doing a lot better recently, but he didn't remember ordering anything. There was no return address on the box, just his own, staring back at him. Okay, did you guys order anything? The skeleton said nothing. He fetched a knife from the kitchen and deftly severed the tape to open the box. The red, orange, and black logo on the letterhead informed Les that this package came direct from Hector Spector Official. Thank you for becoming a part of the Hector Spector family. Your recent purchase has qualified you to receive this free gift. Please enjoy these two on us. Remember, every day is Halloween at Hector Spector. Les rifled through the layers of bubble wrap and some tissue paper before closing his fingers around something cold and plastic. From the box, he produced two child-sized skeletons. They were similar in construction to the ones he already had, just a little smaller. I guess I'm a skeleton guy now. He looked over to Mary at the end of the table. The skeleton didn't say anything, but Les still heard a reply echo through his mind. Yeah, now. Right. Are you buying these clothes for your children? Sure. Why not? 
Les didn't feel like dragging on the conversation with the clerk at the thrift store any longer than he had to. He had grabbed a few things, mostly just PJs and things with one piece that could be changed easily. Before heading home, he drove to his local grocery store. He invited Erica and Tim from work over for a Friendsgiving meal and only just realized that he didn't have any ingredients to cook much of anything at home. He pushed the cart through the aisles, carefully attempting to take stock of what he needed and what he already had. Did he have cream cheese at home? He couldn't recall. Before he could decide between the name brand and the store brand stuffing, his pockets started buzzing. He glanced at the screen and saw who was calling. As if anyone else ever actually called him. He would have usually just let it ring out, but for some reason he felt the urge to answer it. He pressed the black glass up to his face. Hi, Mom. Leslie, it's so good to hear your voice. I was worried you had changed your number or something. It's been forever since we talked. How are things going with you? Yeah, it's good to hear from you, too. Things are pretty okay for me. I actually just... So, are you coming over to Thanksgiving or what? You know, your aunt is asking about you all the time, and I don't know what to tell her. I mean, you never tell me anything that's going on in your life. I feel like I really have to twist your arm to get anything out of you. Yeah, sorry, I I talked to your father, and we both agree you can bring Ben with you. Your father promises he won't fly off the handle like he did last time. Oh, I always did like that boy. I am so glad you have someone like that in your life. Okay, sweetie, gotta go. Love you lots. Mwah, mwah. The phone line went dead, and Les stood there in the grocery store for what felt like hours. All the things he had tried to put behind him were suddenly manifested again in one 30-second phone call. There was no way he was going. He would probably call his mom the day of and make some excuse. A business trip, whooping cough, anything. He just wasn't ready to have those conversations. Not yet. Welcome, welcome. Here, Erica, can I take your coat? The pair arrived at Les's house a few minutes early, but that didn't bother Les at all. It was good to see them outside of a business context once in a while. You wouldn't think of it by the professional way they talked to each other at work, but Les had known Tim since college. They were both a bit forgetful back then. They would make plans to skip and show up to class anyway. Feel free to find a seat anywhere. Food will be done in just a minute. Tim and Erica stood in the doorway and stared at the seven places set at the table. One for each of the three of them, and four additional spaces set for the skeletons. Oh, don't mind them. Danny, elbows off the table. Thank you. Les chided one of the child-sized skeletons wearing a pair of overalls and a striped shirt. He returned with a fully cooked chicken on a serving dish and placed it in the center of the table. There we go. Oh, thank you, Mary. That's very kind of you. No, I double-checked. There are no tree nuts anywhere in the recipe. Carl, your drink's looking a little low. Do you need a refill? Sorry about Danny and Annie, you guys. They're usually much more behaved than this. What's wrong? Les looked up and saw the look of abject horror on Erica and Tim's faces. Yeah, I think we should be going. They backed out of the room. Les, thank you for inviting us, but... Maybe put away the decorations next time? Wait, you guys, it's, it's not like that. It... But they were already gone. The door had clicked shut behind them, and Les listened as their car pulled away out of the driveway. They're not coming back, are they? Les thought. They were my only friends, and I scared them off. Hey, are you coming back to the table? Les turned around and saw Mary waving him over. It looks so good! I just wish you would have let me help you even a little. Now, honey, Carl replied, if Les wanted to do it by himself, then who are we to stop him? I want a drumstick, yelled Anna. Me too, yelled Danny in response. Les smiled and made his way back to the table. Well, it's a good thing I made two then. 
Weeks later, a police officer pounded on Les's front door. In attendance were Les's mother, landlord, Tim, Erica, and even Paul. The landlord called the police since Les hadn't paid rent for the last month. Tim and Erica hadn't seen Les at work and called his emergency contact, Mrs. Wyatt, who also hadn't seen him since long before Thanksgiving. Paul, being the friendly yet nosy neighbor that he was, contributed that he hadn't even seen Les leave his house in weeks. What most of them did have in common is that they all received a rather concerning holiday card. And just after the landlord used his spare key to open the door, they were once again greeted to the same tableau that they saw on that card. Flanking either side of the couch were two adult plastic skeletons. On the couch, a child-sized skeleton wearing a pair of pajamas and another skeleton dressed as an elf sat on the lap of a third adult skeleton sitting in the middle, wearing a Santa suit and a pair of bright yellow sneakers. You know, I like to pretend you're a skeleton sometimes. Just give it time. They're here, and the place is a mess! Um, hey, John? How do I look? I want to seem presentable when I meet my family for the first time. I thought you said you knew most of your family. This will have to do. Wish me luck. I really think that you should take another look at... Huh? (sighs) The postcard is addressed to Max Musterman, or current resident. So you mean... You fell for direct mail marketing. I guess I'm not as immune to propaganda as I thought. (gasps) My baked egg dish! Uncommon Commons is a podcast. It is written and recorded by George Plank and Alex Vitale, and the theme song is composed by Charles Adam Robinson. Our logo is designed by Sam Vitale. Our social media manager is Rebecca Tewksbury. Email us directly at zeronullstreet at gmail.com. Visit our socials or support us on Patreon in the link tree listed in the description below. Rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Stay, and remember... Nothing is real. Hi, it's George. Just wanted to let you guys know that Uncommon Commons has a Patreon. For $1 a month, it gets you access to all of our bonus content, including the common area. Hi there, I'm George. And I don't want to be here. I'm actively dying. How are you doing, George? I'm passively dying, thank you. For $100 a month, You will be rocketed into the void itself. What mere disassociation could not do, we will do for you. What is the scariest horror film you've ever seen? Garfield the movie. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) If I dropped you in Victorian England, you would be the definition of a madman and you'd be in bedlam in five seconds flat. I would be Sherlock Holmes and I would be solving mysteries. (laughs) Plus, exclusive stories not available anywhere else, like Help Wanted. Thomas laid on his bed for what may have been hours. He had fallen asleep after letting himself get carried away by the pizza. The pizza box was torn and thrown across the room after every ounce of meat and cheese and grease had been leached from it. The television was on. On it, a puppet was telling a group of kids about the number six. Suddenly, the oven caught on fire. A small pizza inside had gone unattended for too long. Thomas released the crank and made for the emergency exit. 
Before he could lay his hands on the handle, the flames from the oven encircled him. So click the link in the description and join us today. Stay. And remember, nothing is real.